passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This episode, episode 140 of the For the Love of the Game show on the Believe Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Online. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for rest of the NBA season, NFL playoffs, college basketball, maybe a little Australian Open. Shout out to Novak Djokovic that he's not in it. That's a different topic for a different discussion. But yeah, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your basketball, football, and whatever action the rest of the season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BLEAV50. That's B L E A V 50 to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. I did a little bit of wagering on bet online for the NFL playoffs last weekend was extremely profitable. Good stuff. Bet online where the game starts. With that said, episode 140 for the love of the game. Let's get this work. Being good, I'm a bad bitch. I'm sick of motherfuckers trying to tell me how to live. Whack, whack, hate under my pictures on the gram. You better hope I never run across your man. Uh, in the mall with him, I'ma have a ball with him. Somebody call Rihanna, I'ma buy some drawers with him. He f***ing with the staying cause he in the wild women. Put them legs on his head, now he love tall women. Uh, you'll never catch me calling these dad dad daddy. I ain't lying by my nut just to make a n- happy. Lifestyle winning, can't, can't Bit of magnum, it never happened if the wasn't snapping. I'm a hot girl, I do hot. Finish income on my outfit. I don't take quick, cause I ain't thirsty. She's mad, mad. They wanna hurt me. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It is episode 140 for the love of the game. That's right, 140 on the Believe Podcast Network with yours truly, Aaron Tobin Hess. Back behind the mic, back in the saddle. Back in the Big Apple, I'm in New York for a couple of days, visiting some family, got some stuff to take care of. Excited to be back, even though I'm already missing the warm Miami weather, but it is what it is. It currently, right now, at the time of the recording, is January 18th, and the Knicks have had another incredibly frustrating loss. Another incredibly frustrating loss, at home nonetheless, to the likes of the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's two steps forward and two steps back with this team. Just it just so, so maddening. They are absolutely lifeless in the first half. Come out like gangbusters. Evan Fournier is going buck wild in the third quarter. They score over 40 points in the third quarter. They're up by nine. They come out exceedingly flat, give up the lead to start the fourth quarter. And then it's this back-and-forth game, and R.J. Barrett, who's on an incredibly good stretch, 
then goes cold and has two bad games in a row after they got the doors blown off of them by the Charlotte Hornets yesterday in a matinee, and the Knicks should never be playing matinee games. And if they do, I'm not watching anymore because it's not fucking worth it. It's just, it's two steps forward, two steps back with this team. It's just so incredibly aggravating. I, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, Kemba Walker had moments where he went absolutely crazy. And but then there's just bad possession after bad possession, too many turnovers. They miss free throws. It's like the little things. They're not even doing the little things. Even when the effort on defense is there, even when the boxing out is there, it's just the subtle execution is not there. And it, it's just incredibly, incredibly frustrating to watch. So yeah, that's the Knicks right now. Uh, and as you can tell, I'm not in the greatest of spirits because I got to watch them and I'm supposed to go to the game Thursday night. I don't know why I want to watch these jerks play in person, but I guess it's because I'm a masochist because I didn't choose Nick's life. Nick's life chose me. Just incredibly frustrating. So big stories, obviously the NFL playoffs and it was quite a week. And I mean, the games weren't particularly that close, but they were profitable for yours. Truly. If you were following the picks, I was four and two against the spread. The teaser hit, the money line parlay hit. So it was a good weekend overall. So just a couple of highlights from this past weekend in the NFL playoffs. Joe Burrow is that guy. Took care of business against the Raiders. The Cincinnati Bengals win their first playoff game since 1991. They beat the Raiders by 10. Joe Burrow is just awesome. He's just awesome. They showed a graphic up on that game that Joe Burrow in late playoff type games, whether it was in college or the pros, no interceptions, hasn't thrown an interception in a big game in like his last six games that are considered big games. He's just excellent. He's excellent. And, and he, and he's got moxie and he's everything you want in a franchise quarterback. He is that dude, as they say, and it just goes to show you, that in the NFL, much like in the NBA, but in the NFL when it comes to drafting a quarterback, all you have to do is, is get lucky once. And the Cincinnati Bengals got lucky once, and now they have their guy for the next 15 years. So there should be more playoff wins for Joe Burrow in the future, but good for him. And I absolutely love watching the guy play. And a little preview in terms of my picks against the spread, I am – Riding with Cincinnati against the Titans this week. Uh, but we'll get to that segment in a second. Two, the Dallas Cowboys. Just an excruciating, excruciating loss at the hands of the Niners. One that was profitable for yours truly. But just Dallas doing Dallas Cowboys things. Incredibly undisciplined. A lot of penalties. Dumb penalties. And then the last play of the game with Dak. On the draw, no timeouts left. He hands the ball to his own teammate as opposed to the referee. You know, a lot of people were saying that he should have just gone Hail Mary three times. I actually think the play call was smart trying to get those yards. But it's just got to be executed well. And uh, Dallas, after getting run on like crazy, it looked like in the first half, that the 49ers were able to do whatever they wanted on the ground, whether it was Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, 
great out of the backfield, great in the passing game. It looked like a masterclass for the San Francisco 49ers. And then Kyle Shanahan teams do what Kyle Shanahan teams do. They collapse at the end of the game and make it way too close and allow for the other teams to come back. But Dallas couldn't close the deal. The time runs out on Dak after the play, and San Francisco moves on. Uh, you just you hate to see it as uh, as a Cowboys hater that they just do this year in and year out. And the problem with Dallas is, is a couple of things. One, the organization is just a little bit of a shit show. I mean, Jerry Jones as Good of a talent evaluator as he's been. I mean, Micah Parsons, good good pick in the first round. CeeDee Lamb, a good pick in the first round. It just, the sum of the parts never equate to anything bigger. And the other thing is Dak Prescott. I know quarterback salaries kind of, get reset. So the next guy up for the contract extension who's good is going to set the market. But as I've said multiple times, you can't pay a quarterback in this league who's not a slam dunk top five-ish quarterback big, big time money because it hampers the rest of your cap. And that's what Dallas has in Dak. Dak is not that guy. He's not that guy. He's not on the level of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, still Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. He's not even on the level of Matthew Stafford. And they're paying him big money. And it's just, as a Giants fan, I love it because this just means the Cowboys are going to be in this weird stage of maybe decent, uh, ranging anywhere from like somewhat good to moderately terrible and they're irrelevant and they're irrelevant. And as a giants fan who hates the Cowboys, I love to see it. So it'll be interesting to see if Kyle Shanahan's teams again, that have a propensity to make games close late and blow games late. We'll see what happens with them going forward, but you gotta love watching Debo Samuel play football. I mean, he's just an absolute monster. So kudos to them for going into Dallas and taking care of business. Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills, even in the cold, absolutely put it on the New England Patriots. Absolutely put it on them. And after that weird game where Mac Jones only threw the ball three times because the wind was so outrageous, even if it's cold, if it's moderate conditions, the Bills are the better team. I was all over this game immediately when the line came out. Again, another profitable ticket for yours truly. And I just absolutely loved watching it. And I was told, I was told by so many Patriots fans, by the by people in the media, that Bill Belichick could win with anybody. He can win with anyone playing quarterback. He can win with just any types of player. I mean, I thought... The way people talk about Bill Belichick is that he was a cross between Jesus and Moses. This is what I was told. And it turns out that that's not the case. And maybe, just maybe, Bill Belichick was made because he was lucky enough to have Tom Brady and Lawrence Taylor, two guys who made his career. 
If you look at his, his record with the Browns without those guys, eh, not very good. Look at his record without Brady right now, eh, not very good. The Jims and the Joes dictate what happens on the field. I don't want to say coaching's overrated because it's not, but it's not the end-all and be-all, the way guys talk about it in the in the media and the way Patriots fans talk about Bill Belichick. Like, simmer down now, all right? This Pats team, whatever, it was fine. It's a rookie QB. He's learning. He had moments during the year. He hit a wall at the end of the year. And that is what it is, right? It is what it is. But when Patriots fans were getting so excited, so, so excited after their win against Buffalo when Mac Jones only threw the ball three times and we were thinking Super Bowl. And I said on this show immediately afterwards that that shit wasn't going to fly the rest of the year. And guess what? What do you know? ATH was right again. And that shit wasn't going to fly. And it didn't fly. So thank you, Josh Allen, for stepping all over the New England Patriots and putting them in their place. Just absolutely beautiful to see. So those are a couple of highlights from the week. I mean, Kansas City blew out Pittsburgh. Big Ben Roethlisberger's last game. They were no match for Kansas City, and they put it on them. So looking ahead to next weekend, it's a little too early for me to decide on the full card in terms of what my picks against the spread are going to be. But I know early on I'm going to be riding Cincy against Tennessee plus three and a half. And I'm going to be riding the San Francisco 49ers, who have historically played really, really well against the Packers in the playoffs. The Niners are plus six right now. I'm riding with those two. We'll see with the rest of the card going forward. One quick thing on the um, NFL coaching uh, interviews, and you see this year in and year out, that the media likes to make this a race issue. Now, I'll admit, the firing of Brian Flores from the Dolphins after you know having back-to-back winning seasons was a little puzzling. All right, I, I understand it came out. They didn't get along with some of the guys in the front office that he didn't get along with Tua, you know, the the prize fifth overall pick, young quarterback still learning. And I, I get it's weird. I get it's a weird thing, right? And David Culley for the Houston Texans was fired after one year where he was in no position to succeed. He was done wrong. He was an absolutely wrong. But again, this isn't a race issue. Okay, look at all the candidates, you know, African-American candidates that are interviewing right now. Jim Caldwell is interviewing. Byron Leftwich is going to be interviewing for jobs. Todd Bowles is going to be interviewing for jobs. Eric Bieniemy can basically get whatever job he wants right now. And he may choose to stick with Kansas City, ride it out and hitch his wagon to Patrick Mahomes when Andy Reid retires. So don't tell me that it's automatically a race issue. Oh, and the aforementioned Brian Flores is going to be a leading candidate for other head coaching jobs. I know it's a bad look. I get it. It was it was a weird firing, and the David Culley thing was he was done wrong. But again, not everything in sports is a race issue. And 
people in sports media constantly making things out to be race issues that aren't race issues are doing the public a major, major disservice. One quick NBA thought before we get on into tonight's guest, we're going to actually switch it up a little bit. We're going to talk about a topic I haven't talked about in a while is I just mentioned the Knicks. I'm not talking about them again right now, but the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz lost the Lakers last night. And again, it's one game. Russell Westbrook dunked all over Rudy Gobert, put him six feet under. Good for us, who's had a pretty crappy year for the most part. The Lakers are mediocre. We're not talking about the Lakers. The Utah Jazz. I said it once, I said it again, and last night was the epitome of it. He's all right, but he's not real, as Jay-Z once said. I mean, look at Rudy Gobert, all right? And I'm not even focusing on the on the dunk face that he took from Russell Westbrook. But there were so many moments in that game last night where Gobert has little guys on him, like six three guards on him. And not only could he not take advantage of them in the post, but the Jazz didn't even want to look at him and throw him the ball. And this is a guy that you're telling me is an all-NBA player and should maybe be a starter in the front court for the Western Conference All-Stars. And we're gonna I'm going to be doing an all-star selection show next week, which is exciting. Uh, but yeah, you're telling me this guy, Rudy Gobert, is all-NBA caliber? I mean, what are we talking about here? I, I, I Again, just to reiterate, if you're going to pay Rudy Gobert max money, you're never going to win a title. Never. And Donovan Mitchell's taking a leap, and he's awesome. One of the 10 best players in the league. But the Jazz are not going anywhere, and it's because they're paying Rudy Gobert $45 million a year. All right, so as I mentioned before, we're switching it up a little bit. It's for the love of the game, and sometimes you have to talk about the game of love. So we're going back to the well. We're back on the train. We're going to talk a little Bachelor with a recurring guest. You know who's coming on in just a matter of moments. Haven't done this in a while. As I've said multiple times on the For the Love of the Game show, we talk sports, but there's a different type of game out there. Sometimes it needs to be discussed, and that's the game of love. These episodes are wildly popular. There is a new season of The Bachelor. I was out on The Bachelorette, but I'm back in on The Bachelor. Jesse Palmer is hosting, so you know who I had to bring back. Lizzie Verstendig here to talk a little Bachelor. Lizzie, I'm back on the train. I'm I'm so happy to hear it. And to be honest, I'm embarrassed to say, but I actually was off the train for last season also. So I'm back with you. Well, you know why that is, is because I was casted and then ultimately wasn't on the show. So I wish Michelle the best. I have no idea what happened. All I know is that our bachelor Clayton was apparently on that season for eight minutes. Yeah, and you probably know just as much as anyone who actually watched the season. So I think you're in an okay place. So let's start off with, we're two episodes in. All right, so we're going to recap the the two episodes. We have a break in the action this coming Monday because of there's a Monday night football playoff game, the first time that they're doing that. So obviously ABC does not want to go head-to-head with that because ABC and ESPN are of one property. So here we go. We're going to start from the beginning, obviously, because we got to start with the premiere first. But before we get into all that, the new host, Jesse Palmer. 
What are your thoughts on Jesse Palmer as a host? Is he leaning into the Chris Harrison mannerisms too much? Not enough? What are your initial thoughts on Jesse Palmer so far? So I think Jesse Palmer was a great choice. So firstly, the reason being that although I think Tasha and Caitlin did a fine job, they're not trained hosts. Jesse Palmer had done, like he hosts things, he hosts shows and he's done sports casting and all these things. So he's actually a trained professional and also happened to have been on, been the bachelor. So I think he really is the perfect choice if we're not bringing Chris Harrison back. I think he seems very comfortable in the role. Of course, he's going to do the Chris Harrison isms because that's the show and we Play all- the hits. Of course, you have to. And I mean, I don't know if it's on purpose or not on purpose that Clayton is pretty much his identical twin, just like X amount of years younger. They do look very much alike. Um, but I think both, play, both played in the NFL for a little bit. It's Yeah, but I think Jesse more seriously now. Kind of, yeah. I mean, Jesse, Jesse was a, a college quarterback and an NFL quarterback. So, I mean, Clayton was a tight end. I think he was like a backup tight end. But, you know, NFL is the NFL. It's true. It's, it's, a, it's a bachelor special. But I think thus far, um, Jesse is proving to be as good of a second choice after Chris as we could get. I found it funny that the first episode where he, where he kind of like poked fun at the Chris Harrison mannerisms – He's like, I'm trying to get them down. It's like, he knows what's up, right? Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean to this to be like a sexist thing, but like he's, it just needs to be like this guy figure who's, who's hosting this. It just flows better. I, I don't know why that is, but it does. Well, I also think there is something weird. And I guess we can go both ways in saying this about Chris Harrison, but it's a little bit different of saying like having a female host when, you know, like there is a bachelor. I don't know. I just think it's a different dynamic. I think it's different like bachelorette versus bachelor. Like I think having a female host as the bachelorette like may make sense in the sense of like, right. okay, bachelorette can speak to that person to get advice. But like, then it's also like a group of 30 guys who is seeing like this usually very attractive host walking in who isn't the bachelorette. So, I mean, I who may, who may or may not be single herself and they're just like looking at her too. Like, you correct. know, this would be the worst. Yeah. But I think like it was a very intentional move by ABC that within the first X amount of minutes, when Jesse Palmer was introducing himself, he said like, I was on the show and now I'm a happily married man. And I think that was very purposeful of him explaining to everyone, like, just in case you didn't know, I'm a married man. So none of these women are going to be looking out for me. That you make a good point. You have to have that ring on the finger to host this show because it just eases the tension because it's natural, right? It's natural. Like I, I didn't watch Michelle's season. Um, but I can't imagine that the contestants weren't looking at Tasha, who was recently single. Right. And who was the other host? Caitlin. Caitlin, I, Caitlin's in a relationship though. Caitlin's engaged. Tasha was not was in a relationship when the show was airing right. and when but, the show was taped, but yeah, not anymore. It, you, you have to have the ring on the finger for a little legitimacy to be the the host. So we're we're pro Jesse Palmer, as you said. He's trained. He's been doing you know college football analysis for ESPN. He has a camera presence. He knows what's up. He was a good 
he was a good bachelor, if I if I understand, right? Like he did a good I mean, job in his life. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's go to Clayton. Usually the bachelor comes from a uh, a contestant who had some sort of memorable moment on the prior season. Clayton did not. What do we think of Clayton as a choice? Clayton's a weird name. I'm skeptical of guys named Clayton. So, like, what do we think of Clayton as a choice? So, Clayton, by the way, just so you mentioned his name, I don't mind his name, but I do find that a lot of the girls, they they pronounce the T very emphatically, and they say Clayton, and that, I think, is just something that will irritate me the entire season. I'll just Clayton. Clayton. But anyway, I... So these are my thoughts. I didn't watch the last season, Michelle's season extensively, but I did see episodes here and there. And I think the consensus was that everyone, we already knew Clayton was the bachelor before Michelle's season even aired. So we were all kind of awaiting like his big moment, right? He's going to have this like a big arc all of a sudden where he tells his sob story and everyone wants him to be the bachelor. And that never really happened. I mean, he had like one moment, but it was barely there. He wasn't even close to the top four, which is usually where they pick the bachelors from. And if there's ever been an instance where they've chosen the bachelor bachelorette from someone that wasn't the top four, like let's say Hannah Brown, it was because they were a huge fan favorite. But again, Clayton was chosen as the bachelor and even started his season before we even knew, we even saw Michelle's season. So my thoughts were, there must be something special about him that the producers saw that knew that the world and Bachelor Nation would be really into for them to choose him kind of out of obscurity at this point. So mm-hmm. I will say that thus far, I do like him because I think that he seems very down to earth. Um, if you look at his Twitter, he loves like ripping on himself, which is amazing. Like he made a joke about saying, like he even said in the first five minutes of the episode, like you might not know me because I was only on Michelle's season. I only got like eight minutes of airtime. Like right. he like gets it. And I think this is kind of going back to the original bachelor mold, which was like all American, like Midwestern, like just like, you know, nice guy who plays football. And I think he kind of fulfills that character. And I think they're trying to kind of go back to that. Not a bad formula after what we've had recently. I'll say this though, so far on TV, now his social media persona is pretty good as you mentioned, right? Like his Instagram's funny. You know, he's, he's made some funny memes. Twitter has been funny. You'd like to see that come out a little bit on the show itself because I do think he's very vanilla. Like, there's vanilla and there's vanilla. Yeah, but there's the two answers to that. One is that they're producers that are editing the show. So he could be not vanilla, but they're not showing us that because that's not what they that's want us to perceive. And I think also, like, you know, all the people that become the Bachelor and Bachelorette get like intensive media training. Like they're told like, you should do X, Y, and Z and you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. So I kind of think that like their persona as the Bachelor is usually very different than their actual character in real life. Right, right. That's true. And it just goes to show you that the contestants are what, you know, drive the show. It's not the guy. He's almost secondary. It's the contestants and the drama that, right. that drive the show, and that's kind of why we watch. So let's uh, 
Let's go into the Cropple ladies, right? Because they are, you know, the drivers of the show. I feel like I'm saying this each and every time, but they're one-upping themselves. That's ABC is one-upping itself on, in the looks department. Normally, every season, there's like two or three that are like, eh, eh. This season, it's really hard to find. It is a impressive group of attractive females. So what are your thoughts on the females so far as a whole? I think they're definitely a good crop of women. I think minus a few outliers, which we'll probably get to that we more see like in episode two. Um, they seem to be like a very supportive group, which is nice and normally not something that we typically see. But I is think- that, that, Hold on. Is that important for the show though? The supportiveness of the group? No, not at all. But I think that this is something different. I don't think you usually see this much support at, in, on The Bachelor. You see it a lot on The Bachelorette, but not as much on The Bachelor. And I think it's like nice to see something different. And I think, again, it kind of seems like they're going back to that same mold in a sense of like these very like all-American. So they have like the crop of like very all-American, blonde, blue-eyed. A lot of blonde. Girls. A lot of blonde from like the Midwest, but they also have like a lot of like diverse women who it actually seems to be like, I think maybe you wouldn't think that Colton would be into that necessarily because he gives off like this very, like you said, vanilla vibe, but he actually seems to be like kind of like eccentric in his taste, which like I enjoy. Like, I think the people that we would maybe assume that he would be into are not at all the people that he seems to gravitate towards. Yeah, I, it, yes, it's funny. And we saw that episode one with the first impression rose. I think mm -hmm. that was prime example. Yeah, and I think like, I like I liked his commentary that he made after every girl came out of the limo. Like he, you could tell when Teddy came out, he was like, she made me feel some type of way. Like he was only, almost speechless. And I think like he seems to really like follow his instinct with that, which is nice. You mentioned coming out of the limo. Mm -hmm. Have we gone too far with the shtick? Have we gone too far? It's like, it's getting more and more ridiculous. Yeah, but that that's the show. Like that's what the producers do. Like, imagine if there wasn't that stick right so each girl's gonna come out hi like i'm sarah hi i'm Lindsay. like it would be boring like you need to i get that but like we're we're using too many props now there's a lot of props yeah but think about if you have 30 30 women or 31 women people need to stand out not only does clayton need to be able to like differentiate between each person but we as the viewers need to be able to remember people right like we're doing this podcast like if someone didn't do a very memorable opening I'm sure we're not going to talk about them okay so talking about standing out which if you had to pick five to six women that stood out night one from episode one who are your five to six Stood out to me or stood out who I think he... No, stood out to you, who made an okay. impression on you as the viewer, be like, oh, okay, there's there's something interesting here. Okay, well, my be-all and end-all is Susie. 
Like love Susie. She is it for me. Like she walked out and I was like, I don't need to see anyone else. Like I'm done. You know? Love Susie. Yeah. So she is my number one. Um, I also really, really like Genevieve. I think she has this like natural beauty that like you could see on the street and it's striking. And I think it's like, she has this like girl next door kind of quality to her. And she seems very genuine. I think Rachel stood out to me. I don't personally, I'm not into her, but I could see why someone would be. I mean, she stood out for me for you because she said she's very into his teeth. So that was- And that's the pilot, right? That's the pilot. Yeah, well, a flight instructor, whatever you want to call her. I liked her. I like her. Um, I liked Eliza, kind of like my namesake, because we spell her name the same way. Um, and I thought she also was like very sweet, very pretty, like in an understated way. And she seemed like really interested, like, I guess we'll get into it, but like what she didn't get to go on one of the dates in the second episode. And she wasn't very, she didn't get like very upset about it. Like some of the other girls did. And she kind of just maximized her time with him. Um, so I liked her. Um, and I think um, Gabby to me is very funny. Um, and I think she's interesting. Like she was an NFL cheerleader for five years, but she's also an ICU nurse. Yeah, she's um, very interesting. Very, very interesting. interesting backstory. Yeah, and fun fact Damn about Gabby. her. Yeah, fun fact about her is that apparently she dated Dean from The Bachelor. And Who's with what's her name from Bachelor in Paradise, right? Elaine, who, who, by the way, Gabby kind of looks like, which is interesting. So those would be my top five for me. Dean, who dissed Christina Shulman on Bachelor in Paradise in one of the worst business decisions of all time, but whatever. By the way, Rachel, so um, flight school Rachel, she was the one who brought out the old woman, right? As her wing woman, right? Yeah. That was an interesting move. I, which I'll say this, when the, when the older woman, who's an attractive older lady, came out, I was just like, what is this? Yeah, that caught I mean, my eye. So the thing is, it was very obviously a plug for the senior bachelor if and whenever they do that. The thing that I thought was weird is that they didn't try to really make a connection between her, I think her name was Holly, her and Rachel. She just said, like, I'm her wing woman. It wasn't like, I'm her grandmother. We worked. Yeah, it wasn't a relative. It didn't, yeah. or it didn't specify. I was weird. That's why I felt like it was just very obviously a plug and they just picked someone who will be on that season. But it was cute. So for me, you know, coming out of, you know, the initial, the initial um, introductions, I had my eye on Susie, I had my eye on Rachel. I loved Shanae's um, intro video. We'll get to Shanae as it comes on. I'm just saying after like night one, right? I really liked Kim. She was the Nips girl. Yeah. Brought out the alcohol nips. I was like, oh, okay. All right. We've we've got a, a thoroughbred on our hands. And she's also gorgeous. There's Dr. Kira. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's an interest. Uh, Cassidy. Love Cassidy. And uh, Genevieve, who I followed on Instagram for a while. She was featured on like Barstool Sports, like smoke show of the day. Like she's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. So those are the ones who uh, stood out to me. And and yeah, and and shout out to Bubble Bath Chick. I don't remember 
what her name is, but that was something. Yeah. Anytime you have to have your cooter blurred out on national television, you know you made an entrance. I knew that you were going to like Kira. I made a note to say that you would have definitely enjoyed her entrance. But like, I appreciate it that she's a doctor and she like played it up, which is great. It's interesting because like later on in the episode, she seems like a bit more serious. So it's it's interesting to see that that's how she did her entrance. Um, I also do want to make a shout out to Jane the Cougar who came out in the vintage car. I was into her. I don't know how I, far she'll go, but I liked her entrance. Yeah, it was a pretty awesome car. It's a pretty awesome yeah. car. What was the name of the girl that had the snake around her neck? It's mm, a good question. Like, I want to say Lindsay, but it's not. It's just like every girl's name, Lindsay, you know? You're doing too much. <laughs> Whatever that was, you're doing too much. You're doing too much. Yeah. Okay. So we got to talk about Cassidy. All right. Night one comes and goes. We have the first rose ceremony what i didn't understand is there was a lindsay who's the nurse didn't get picked she was one of the best looking ones on the show didn't get picked night one i didn't understand it she was wearing a red dress brunette absolutely strikingly gorgeous i don't know what we're doing here if she's not picked night one whatever cassidy blonde cassidy She seems to be the the dominant player coming out of uh, episode two. We have the group date with the kid's birthday party, Hillary Duff. She basically grabs the bull by the horns and goes for it. And I mean really goes for it. Now, there's been a little bit of a teaser, if you saw scenes from next week, about Cassidy and what she's got going on, if you know what I mean. But going into that teaser, her performance in episode two on the group date, are you pro this type of aggression? Are you anti this type of aggression? Is is there a group date etiquette? Like, what do you make of Cassidy and where she's positioned herself within the group? I'm very anti her whole stance. And I'll tell you why. She is very obviously trying to play the game. It is very obvious that she has watched many seasons, she has studied up, and she has determined that this is the best strategic way to get far. What she doesn't know is that she's wrong, and whoever taught her and studied with her taught her the wrong way, because exactly what she's doing is the exact way to get kicked off much earlier on than he probably would have. The way to not get kicked off is to go under the radar, make sure that you are even keeled with everyone there and kind of are friends with everyone. To do what she did, to be honest, I don't, I was surprised after the first incident where she literally attacked him and straddled him. I actually thought he didn't seem so into it. And I thought he was going to kind of step back from her a little bit. But then he was saying, you know, she you know she knows what she wants and she is here for me. And I think part of that is probably, I'd have to imagine like the bachelor bubble of everything going on. And, and part of that is also, she's an incredibly good looking woman who wants to get on top of him at all times. And what is he going to say? Eh, this is not really for me. 
I guess I just found her personality to be extremely irritating. She kept right. repeating the same thing over and over again to him, which again, just seems very rehearsed. Like she had a speech, like I'm here for you. I will do whatever it takes to continue to be here for you. As long as you have me here, I have a crush on you. He, she was saying all the things that you like, you think you're supposed to say. And that and it, me. it lacked, it lacked um, genuineness and it just lacked substance. Yeah, like at a certain point, you just can't, right. Yeah. It, there's a fine line as we know, right? Cause ultimately this is a competition that you're trying to win. So while I don't think it's necessarily the best to just be completely under the radar, because I do think you have to stand out, right? You got, you got to stand out a little bit because you're trying to get somebody's attention because you're trying to win. Right. I just think it's going a little overboard and she like really went overboard right well it's also overcompensating right like if you're someone like teddy right he clearly really likes her she didn't need to do any dramatics in order to get his attention right right? she just had to be herself so cassidy clearly knows no offense she's just another blonde girl on the show and that she probably if she didn't pull these stunts maybe she'd be lucky if she got through the next few weeks just based off of you know, sheer luck. But I think she knows that like her personality isn't anything special. And if she didn't perform these crazy acts that no one would really know who she was. And that's why it just seems very over the top and rehearsed. Now, do you think the other contestants who basically had like, you know, were repulsed by her, should they be that repulsed by her? I I think so, because I think like what Genevieve and I think uh, Marlena was her name was that were so upset about was they weren't even upset that like, oh, he, she was taking his time. They were like, you know, like we were assigned a task and like we all put in our work to do it. And like, you just didn't do it. Like, and I think it almost had nothing to do with Clayton. It was like, as if like, if you were at a job and you had five coworkers and you were doing a group project and one person just decided to like go to lunch and not do the project, like you would be annoyed. They were like, it was about the kids. It was about the task that we were given. And you just weren't pulling your weight. Right. But ultimately this isn't, this isn't a show to complete tasks. But it is in a way, right? Like each time you go on a date or each time you're with Clayton, the producers are telling you to do something in order to show your personality, right? The point right. was show Clayton how you are with kids, show him how you can work in a team, show him all these things about yourself. And all she showed him is that she is able to straddle him and make out with him and pull him aside. Like she did, you know, he's someone who says he cried on the first episode about how much he wants to be a father. Like, did he really see how she was with kids? If anything, she was telling the kids that she wasn't into them. Yeah, that was, that was a bold strategy. She's like, I'm sorry for not spending any time with you guys, but I'm not here to spend time with you guys. Like, yeah. I'm, here to, I'm here to, I'm here to uh, talk with uh, Hillary Duff and I'm here to uh, get Clayton's attention. Yeah, also, side point, Hillary Duff couldn't have been less interested in being there. She clearly knows nothing about it and she was only on it to promote her new show, um, which I will yes. be on. But... Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, I think it was like the last scene of the episode, so it wasn't even in the teasers, but when, when he found out all this stuff about Cassidy, um, the, this is the first time that I have ever seen in all the seasons I've watched The Bachelor, where they played back the tape of the conversation between Sarah yeah. and Cassidy, which I've never seen before. And every time these things happen, I'm always screaming at the TV, like, 
play back the tape. Like you have it. Why aren't you showing us? And this is the first time they showed it. And I was so happy. Like we heard it from the devil's mouth and it was amazing. Now, what's your, again, it was great to hear the tape and, and we know that Cassie's probably not long for this, right? That she's going to be a, you know, a star that, you know, sh- shine bright, really fast, burnt out and is destined for bachelor in, uh, in paradise. Mm-hmm. But what's your feeling on, on the girl who snitches on, on someone like Cassidy? Is that a wise thing to do strategically for your own standing with Clay, with the, uh, the contestant in this case, Clayton? So normally, no, I don't think it is, but I also think it very much depends on what the thing you're snitching is about. So for example, on the first night when Claire was walking around saying she hated him and she didn't want to be there. I don't think it's crazy that a girl in Upton was like, by the way, like, bro, someone's going around saying they hate you. Like you may want to get rid of her. Mm -hmm. And I think in this scenario, like what is Sierra supposed to do? So she's going to walk around knowing that Cassidy has this friends with benefits on the side. And let's all be real. We know she, Sierra knows it's going to come out at some point. So then let's say later on, she has a real relationship with Clayton and he finds out that she had this conversation with Cassidy and he never told her. I mean, like, Think about it in real life. Like if you were dating someone in the early stages of your dating and like you found out something that would be really important to the person you're dating and you specifically like didn't tell them, then like that would be probably problematic later on. So I don't think in this scenario, since it was like very blatant, that it would be a problem. If it was like, I don't think she's here for the right reasons because she told me she wants to be the bachelorette. Like that's a different story. This is like, she has a side piece that she's waiting to go home to. And she told me. Yeah. Again, not every, not every scenario is created equally, but I think that, as you said, I think this case is different, but I also don't think the, the woman, I forgot what her name was, is going to go very far. Like, I don't think she's, I don't think she's making it past like episode three or four. I agree, but I don't think, I don't think it has anything to do with this. Like the right. person that told him about Claire was um, CN and she's for sure going to make it very far. Right. Can we talk about Claire for a second? Because <laughs> we glossed over that. I totally forgot about Claire. Yeah. Rate Claire's performance on a scale of one to 10 in terms of just being an outrageous character. I, I because mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything like Claire. Yeah. I mean, from the, like from the moment she stepped out. So like she was so aggressive and like bossy to him. Like when she did that whole tailgate and she was like really, really bossing him around and being upset about like saying like I won. And he's like, okay, well, I'm not really like going to argue with that, with you about that. And like, was just being so outrageous. And then she clearly was just walking around saying she hated him because she was butthurt that she knew that he didn't like her and was so uninterested that she was just like, yeah, no, I'm not into it. And they were like, oh, so are you going to go home and tell him? She's like, no. Like she clearly was hoping that he would like change his mind and like be like, no, no, no. I actually really like you. I respect the honesty or the brutal honesty. If it really was that, that she was like, yeah, I'm not into this, but I mean, come on. Like you got to play the game a little bit. Like you can't flat out say, I'm not into this guy. I'm just not, 
but are you going to tell him no because I want my my uh, fifteen minutes of fame? Well, that's all she got. All yeah. she got was fifteen minutes. I've never seen anything like that. I was nuts. <laughs> it was. It was. I don't Crazy. think I've ever. Seen, I don't think I've ever seen a contestant say that they hated the Bachelor or Bachelorette. It was the first. So aggressive. Yeah. So aggressive. I I can't tell if she would be good on Paradise or not. No, I don't think so because I don't think the guys would be into her. Yeah, she she was a star that really burnt out really, really quick. Really, really quick. So, uh, so we spoke about Cassidy. Now, the other thing that was going on in episode two was this fight between Shanae and Elizabeth. Oh, now, we've seen a whole lot of dumb fights between two contestants. I ask you this. Was this the dumbest fight in the history of this show? No, it was embarrassing. 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 Also, it was like, Shanae said what she said. Elizabeth replied with like, whether it be a true or not true answer, I'm not here to say. But I think she said something legitimate in response. And a normal person would be like, okay, great. That makes sense. Let's move on from here. Like, who can't, you know, come on, like, let's move on. Let's focus on our relationship with Clayton. But she just kept belaboring the point over and over and over again to the point where Cassidy, her only ally who initially was the one telling her to act like that was like, honestly, I can't really be on your side anymore. Like you're being crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I I just don't understand. Like, and just, I don't know if she was like making fun of um, Elizabeth that she has ADHD. uh, Sinead was. But it was just like, it kind of just came off in really, really poor taste. Yeah. And, and again, Elizabeth doesn't need to be your friend. In Correct. fact, it's weird if she'll be like overly your friend because you're competing for the same thing, which is something I've been harping on. However many times we've done this, this type of show, I just like, what did you, what do you expect? It's also like, can you imagine like if you were dating a girl and she came over to you and she was like, Aaron, like your friend Sarah is like not being nice to me. She's making me feel like she ignored me. Like how old are we? Like also you went into a, a show knowing you were going to be with 30 other women. Like, yeah, you're probably not going to get along with every person. And Elizabeth didn't do anything like mean. Maybe she just doesn't want to be your friend. Is that a crime? It was wild. It was wild watching it. And it went on for like 15 minutes of, of airtime. It was way, way too long. long. Yeah. Like, and if you're Clayton, like, how do you like look at either of those two characters, you know, seriously afterwards? Now, again, independently, I kind of like both of them, right? There was a vibe, you know, they made impressions on me early on. But like after this, it's just like, all right, so the two of you are going to be out soon because this is because you're just not normal like human beings. Yeah, and also it's like there's only so long that this storyline can go on and like we're already at it in episode 2. Like this is not going to go on for much longer. No one wants to hear about it anymore. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. And and now Clayton's going to have to get involved maybe again and it's just like like why are we doing this? Why? Yeah. No. Why are we I... doing this? I don't know. Um, There is one thing that we didn't touch upon that was like a huge thing, but it was so long ago, it feels like. Um, Sally? 
Sally the one who left because she was supposed to Oh, be yes, yes, yes. Wow, it, complete, it completely skipped my <laughs> mind because it was so early on in the so show. So early on, yeah. And I think she would have been a front runner for sure. Yes. Um, and I think, like, it's kind of said for Clayton that, like, she rejected his rose. Um, and then, like, on the first night, Claire says she hated him. But uh, um, I do, I wouldn't put it past the producers if they, like, prolonged or, like, made her quarantine a certain amount of time so it would be sure to fall out on the the day that would have been her wedding just to, like, drive her insane to this point. Um, but that was a pretty crazy thing. I don't think, like, I thought it was, it seemed very obvious that she was going to accept the rose and move on. But I thought so too. No. I was like, I actually had that written down. I was like, is this the most diabolical move to get a first impression rose? Yeah. And then all of a sudden like this, I was like, I was like, are they really doing this? Is she really doing this? I guess I'm so jaded by the fact that it's reality television, right? And it's yeah. way more scripted than reality is. And then she just like left them. And I was like, wow, I was, I was legit shocked. Shocked. Yeah, I know. It was, I, I, I give the producers credit and Sally credit um, because I think like she would have gone really far. But again, like, I think there are a lot of scenarios in this season thus far, even that like have never happened before. So getting back to Clayton in that scenario for a second and just like the genuineness of what, this show is. You know, Clayton said a, a couple of things there to, to Sally. That's like, you know, you guys have been dating a month, month and a half, two months that he just like dropped within the first 10 minutes of meeting this person. So it comes back to me. And, and again, juxtaposed with the fact that like, I can't remember there being like a kissing bandit like Clayton ever. Right. Like, I feel like they're ratcheting up the, the, the PDA more and more each year. And like Clayton's taking it to new heights. So it's just like, where is this show going? Right. Are we are we trying to are we trying to be a caricature of itself or is it trying to get back to it? just like what's happening here? Like, what are we supposed to make of this show when 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 we're throwing out serious love accusations, like not love accusations, but like serious connection accusations in 10 minutes of meeting contestants. Like, it's not the way life works. Yeah, well, I think, like, it can't be lost on us that obviously, like, we don't understand what it's like to be there, but it is kind right. of, like, intense bubble. Now, it's a little bit different because in that scenario, it's seemingly hadn't started yet, but I'm sure they were both quarantined and separated and you have the producers, like, in your ear. But, you know, I we've heard many former contestants and former bachelors and bachelorettes talk about the fact that like there are certain words and certain phrases you can and you cannot say, right? Like, you know, you always hear them say like, oh, I'm so excited for this journey. That's because you can't say X, Y, and Z things. So right. they do kind of direct you in a way. And also you think that the way that conversation happened was organic. No, he started to talk to her. He probably got really flustered, didn't know what to say, walked out of the room, spoke to the producers, came back, did it again. They told her, oh, you know what? Why don't you, he was probably like, you know, she's really pretty. And they were like, you know what? Why don't you give her a rose? Do something different. And then I was going to say, the, the, the editing was, was impressive there. Right. And then they edit and chop it together to make it seem like, oh my God, they had this instant connection and they're soulmates, but she had to follow her heart and go home. 
you know, I don't, I don't really think he was in love with her. I think he was like, I haven't met any of the girls yet. This is the first girl I met. She's dropped dead gorgeous. And she seems really sweet. Like, let me try to keep her. Cause who knows what the other girls are going to be like, which is a completely reasonable thing to do. Totally. Totally reasonable thing. I, I just, there are certain buzzwords that you use in relationships that you just, you can't use them that early. Yeah, but like this that, is real life. What? It's not real life on this show. But I feel like the show needs to mirror that a little bit more. You don't think so? I think they do. I don't think they ever will. Look, I think this is the structure of the show and they've created it this way. And listen, if it ain't broke, you know, they've, this is don't the it. Right. season of The Bachelor, you know, like whatever we want to say, and like critiques that we have, like it's been working for them. And there's definitely a secret sauce that we're not a part of and they kind of know what they're doing. So we can say whatever we want. I don't think those are the kind of things that will ever change. I just, I just, I want it to feel like somewhat reality-based, like, like, like a little bit more than it has. And, and maybe that's just me being, you know, a unique viewer and I, and I don't get wrapped up in the ridiculousness of it all, but just a, l- a little bit more genuine. That's all I listen, asked for. Listen, maybe if you would have gone on the show season, you could have broke the mold, but you maybe know, I could have brought the mold. on the outside. Oh man, I had my, I, I, all I wanted was like my out of the limo moment. I had it all scripted. Uh, it was, ah, uh, well, don't, don't tell the viewers yet because you don't know when, if, and when you'd ever be on. You know? I know. Right. If, and when, uh, although I, I think my days on reality television and Instagram live, uh, dating wise are, are, are coming to an end. I think we're going to have to change it up a little bit. Uh, so let me ask you this. We'll, we'll, we'll go out on this, right? Predictions for the, you know, the final, the final four hometowns and fantasy suites and who you think is going to win. Now, obviously I'm sure we're going to talk about the season as it keeps unfolding, but right now, after the first two episodes, all right, the I four think... hometown ladies. Yes. And... Four hometown ladies. Yeah. Okay. I got Serene, Rachel, the mm-hmm. flight instructor Susie and then I have a toss-up between Genevieve and Gabby I think I think Genevieve might be the fifth and Gabby will make it to hometowns but it's a toss-up so I have Susie Rachel Teddy Mm. and Genevieve and I say Teddy, and I'm not confident in it, but, and, it, and we've broken the mold recently, but over the years, the first impression rose generally goes very far. Hmm. You're thinking of The Bachelorette. The Bachelorette infamously is known for the fact that the first impression rose is either the winner or in the top two. The Bachelor is not always the case. And you've seen many instances where it's not. I think Teddy will go far for sure. I think she's going to fall short, maybe like five or six. It's my call. So who's your winner? (sighs) You know, I really don't know because I think they're really trying to throw us off with all of these teasers. So The teasers have been crazy. We yes. haven't had a season, at least since I've been watching, where the teasers have been like. Yeah, so it's really throwing me off. I, 
I don't know. I'm going to throw it out there like Rachel. I don't know. I, honestly, it's not based on anything. I'm just throwing a name out there. I, I hope Susie wins. Mm, I don't think so. And I think she'll She's be- She's too nice. No, but she'll be the Bachelorette. She'll be the great Bachelorette. You think so? You think she can carry the show? Yes, totally. She said she loves being out there doing new things. Like she's very, like a very outgoing person. I think she'd be perfect. But you know, it's very different, right? Like everybody like liked Hannah Brown on her season. And it turns out she was not a great bachelorette. By the way, that's the exact reverse. You know that we happen to not be Hannah Brown fans, but right. she beloved in Bachelor Nation. She's one of the most popular bachelorettes they've ever had. And people didn't really like her on the season. Right. I'm saying it because she made such a good impression uh, when she was a contestant. Even when her season was bad, she's still in the mix. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think Susie has the potential to be a great bachelorette, but I guess we'll just have to see how it unfolds. I know. We're going to have to see how it unfolds. Well, Lizzie, this was great. We're obviously going to be talking about this throughout the season. I'm back watching. I know I made a stance on Chris Harrison. I'm still very much team Chris in solidarity with Chris. But, you know, it's The Bachelor. And The Bachelor, let's be honest, The Bachelor is better than The Bachelorette on average. It just is. And so we're back. We're back. But it was it was great to catch up. Obviously, we're going to speak uh, throughout the season. And uh, thanks so much for the time. Speak to you soon. Of course. Thanks for having me. Later. Thanks again to recurring guest, my Bachelor buddy Lizzie Verstendig for chopping it up with me giving me all that time to talk about it we're back on the train back on the train excited to be back on the train we'll see what happens with Clayton throughout this season that's episode 140 for the love of the game take us out Megan the girls in the hood are always hard ever since 16 I've been having a job knowing nothing in life but I gotta get rich you could check the throwback picks up in that boot I'm a hot girl I do hot Finish income on my outfit. I don't text quick, cause I ain't thirsty. These bitches mad, mad. They wanna hurt me. I'm a hot girl. I do hot. Finish income on my outfit. I don't text quick, cause I ain't thirsty. These bitches mad, mad. They wanna hurt me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.